Colossians tonight. We'll be in Colossians chapter 1. In verse 3 tonight. I'd like to read the first five verses. So we can read it in context. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ. By the will of God. And we saw in the first message that our salvation is by the will of God. And that Paul was an apostle by the will of God. And Timotheus, our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ, which are at Colossus, grace be unto you in peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. That's our text tonight. And we tie in verse 4 and 5. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which you have to all the saints for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, where have you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel? Our text tonight will be found in verse 3. We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. The name of the message is Give Thanks. Give Thanks. Last Wednesday night, the phrase that we focused on was in Christ. Every believer is in Christ. And I hit on this a little bit on Sunday morning, but I'd like to overview it again. Let's take a a quick look at being in Christ. We are not just in Christ when we gather together. We're not just in Christ when we gather together. But let us think on this for comfort, that we are in Christ as we live each day, every minute of our lives, every second of our lives, Upon this earth, the believer is in Christ. We are in Christ at home. We are in Christ when when we are sorrowful. We are in Christ when we're full of joy. We're in Christ when we work. And we're in Christ when we sleep. We are in Christ when we're with neighbors, or family, or friends. This is a state that the believer's in, in Christ. And God will never remove the believer from that state. They're in Christ. We're put in, we're, God the Father chose a people in Christ. It's marvelous. As we move and breathe, we're in Christ. He is our strong city. He is a city that can never be taken. He is an ever-reigning king who will never abdicate his throne, who will never be overthrown,
He is our refuge. We have no other refuge but Christ. No other refuge but him. Other refuge have I none. And he's our strength. When we're weak, he's strong. He's strong. So for the believer, they're in Christ always. Always. And he'll never be taken out of that state. Never. And then one day, we're seeing face to face. Oh, it'll be amazing. Glorious. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And think of this as we're looking at the state of in Christ, okay? Being in Christ. And I give unto them eternal life. And they shall never perish. Never. Never. This is the king. The one who who will never abdicate his throne. The one who rules. No one can ever overthrow him. And he says, I give unto them eternal life. He gives it to us. It's a gift. And they shall never perish. This is John 10, verses 27 to 28. They shall never perish. Because they're in him. They're in Christ. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me, Ephesians 1, 4, is greater than all. Greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. Doubly held in Christ and in the Father. Oh, what security the believer has. What words of comfort then for the believer in Christ. In Christ. And tonight's message will tie right into that. It'll tie right into that. Because we are in Christ, we pray. Because we're in Christ, we give thanks. We give thanks. And we praise his mighty name for what he's done. For what he has done. So let's look at our text. We give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. We give thanks. (coughs) God's people are thankful people. They're thankful. Turn with me, if you would, to Psalm 69. Why are they thankful? Well, they remember that all things come from God. All their spiritual blessings come from God. And with that thought and that spirit, we we will, it'll produce in us a thankful spirit. When you're grateful for something, you're thankful. You're thankful. When you realize the pit you've been dragged out of, you're thankful. 
Psalm 69, verses 30 and 31. I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify him with with thanksgiving. This also shall please the Lord better than an ox or bullock that hath horns and hoofs. I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify him with thanksgiving. Turn, if you would, to Psalm 103. We have many, many things to be thankful for. Many things. Scripture says we're daily loaded down with benefits. There's things that that we don't even realize. We're pressed down and overflowing every single day. Psalm 103, verses 1 to 5. We're thankful for our redemption in Christ as believers. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not, oh, forget not all his benefits. May we never forget all the benefits, all the blessings that he has bestowed on us in Christ. It would do me good when, when I, if I get down or if I, if I start to, to just focus on all the goodness of God in Christ to me. Oh, he's so good. Look at verse 3. Good news for sinners. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities. That little word, A-L-L. All thine iniquities. Who healeth all thy diseases. Who redeemeth thy life from destruction. Has he not redeemed us from destruction, those of us who believe? Who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. God is so merciful to us in Christ. So merciful. We don't get, we often say this, we don't get what we deserve. And we don't as believers. Oh, he's so merciful. Full of mercy. Who satisfy thy mouth with good things so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. We are thankful for our redemption in Christ Heaven's forgiven us all our trespasses and sins. And think of this. We're thankful that God included us in this plan. Because it's surely not based on anything in us, is it? But oh, don't you marvel when you think that he chose, you, you believe that he chose you before the foundation of the world? Isn't that a marvel? For me, it's a marvel. Knowing who I am and, and, and how I used to be and, and, and who I am now today, and you just say, my goodness, I am what I am by the grace of God. It's marvelous. Wonderful. And think of this too. We have all spiritual blessings in Christ. 
All? Not just some. But all our spiritual blessings come from Him. Come from Him. It's it's amazing. John 3.27 says this. John answered and said, A man can receive nothing except it be given him from heaven. We're not graceful on our own, are we? No. But God gives us grace. We usually love those who are our own. But in Christ, we love the brethren. We love others. It's amazing. That all comes. All comes from from the Father. We're thankful. And think of this. Were you thankful before for preachers before the Lord saved you? I wasn't. Now I'm thankful for God's preachers of grace. I love them. When I hear of other believers, uh, Brother Tim, I remember when we first met, and you and I had the same experience that, that I've had with a lot of believers. You get talking with them, and you feel like you've known them for, for 40 years. How is that? Only in Christ. Only in Christ. It's not like that when I meet other people. When I meet my brother and then I start to talk to them, we start to start to talk about the wondrous things that God has done for us. Oh, there's that kinship. We got the, we have the same father. <laughs> oh, it's wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. So we're thankful for faithful brethren who preach the gospel of God's free grace in Christ. Turn with me, if you would, to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. Before we were saved, we had hardly any thoughts of God at all, like we've often talked about. Except maybe when we were in trouble to cry out to him. And, and definitely weren't thankful. I wasn't thankful before the Lord saved me. Not, not in the thoughts that I have now. I thank God for, for all he does. In, in, in our lives here as a church. And in individual lives. And how he moves. And, and how he saves. But those thoughts never entered my mind before the Lord saved me. It's foreign. Look at what. 2 Thessalonians 2.13 But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord. If you're one of God's children, you're beloved of the Lord. Because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. Wherein you are called by our gospel, Each, each one of us is called by the gospel of God's free grace, our gospel. To the obtaining of the glory of, of our Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> so we are thankful for God, the Holy Spirit, that he regenerates. He regenerates us and he draws us and he points us to Christ, our Redeemer. We're also thankful that we have an advocate now. We have an advocate. 
between us and the Father, which is Christ Jesus our Lord. We give thanks to God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, for they are one in nature and in purpose. We are thankful for our brothers and sisters in Christ. We're thankful for our families, for our jobs, and we could spend all night just talking about what we're thankful for. We really could. It's amazing. So God's people, God's people are thankful people. And if we really thought about all the things that we have to be thankful for, but we're sinners, we're feeble sinners, we are. But if we really thought about all the things we, are, we, we, we would have to be thankful for, we'd be thankful all the time. <laughs> but the flesh gets in the way, doesn't it? I know it does for me. I remember hearing a preacher talk about a brother who was always, always thankful and always, always giving the glory to the Lord. And, and I can't remember, something happened. He got injured and, and he came to church that night. I think it was Spurgeon, and one, of the, one of the men that came there. And they were all thinking, okay, what's he going to say about this, right? He says, well, praise God, didn't get cut off. He, he saw the thankfulness in the injury. He saw the thankfulness in the injury. So this man was always given praise and glory and thanks to God in that sense. And they all just chuckled. They all just chuckled. Think of this too. Our thanks is to God and him alone. Our thanks is to God and him alone. Look at it, Colossians 1.3. Paul was grateful to God for the saints at Colossus. He was grateful for them. We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Now this is a prison epistle. Paul's in prison and he's writing this. And and before we go any further, I'd like to point out the little word we in the verse. We. Notice Paul didn't say I. But he said we. This shows us the unity that believers have in praying one for another and giving thanks to God for one another. We give thanks. Not only did Paul and Timothy thank God separately, but Timothy was with Paul. Not only did they thank God separately, but they also thanked God together for the saints at Colossus. And this is a good reminder for us, a good reminder for us to pray one for another and pray for other believers in other places. But let us never forget to pray. Pray for one another amongst the congregation. We need to pray for each other. And also let us notice to whom 
did they give thanks to? God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. They give thanks for the brethren and for their faith. We'll see that next week even more. In Christ Jesus and their love for one another. As I said, we'll look at that in verse 4 and 5. But think of this. They trace the source right back to the fountainhead. The grace of God. The grace of God. Grace is only found in the Lord Jesus Christ. He gives the gift of faith to his people. He causes us to love one another. And in him are all spiritual blessings. All of them. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Ephesians 4 verses 7 and 8. Unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. So we trace all these gifts, faith, repentance, love for the brethren, hope of eternal life, through Jesus Christ our Lord, to God the Father. And again, we see the divine union that we looked at on Sunday. We see again the divine union between the Father and the Son. And in our thanksgiving and in our praise, we remember the goodness of God towards us and towards our brethren. Not only did he have mercy upon me, But he had mercy on you who believe. And we give him praise and glory and honor for it. Oh, it's marvelous. So the blessings come to us from God the Father through Christ. Through Christ. And are given by the Holy Spirit. And then, think of this, we return return the praise and the thanksgiving back to the giver. (laughs) Goes right back around. It's amazing. Did we praise him before we were saved? Not at all. Did we think about praising him before we were saved? Not at all. Now that we're saved, praise his mighty name. Eh? What a change. Who made you to differ? God made you to differ. What a wonderful God we have. What a wonderful God. And here also, we see Paul striking a blow at the Gnostic system, which among many things, believed that God had nothing to do with anything material. They believed he was a creator who was distant and Set it all in motion and then left it all alone. That's not what our text says, though. We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. All the blessings come from Him, through Christ, to us, and back to Him.
in praise and thanksgiving. So Gnosticism believes that he's at a distance and does not concern himself with sinful men. Aren't you thankful that's not true? (laughs) We'd all be hopeless then. But see, they believe that they can obtain a higher knowledge and advance themselves up. You don't know God unless he reveals himself to you. And we see that God is very active. He's very active. And that he works all things in our world, in our life, for his, for our good and for his glory. We also see that the thanksgiving of Paul is also an argument of inspired authority against this heresy. We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. We give thanks that He's active, that He moves. He moves and he does his will. Turn with me, if you would, to 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 20 and 21. This scripture is inspired by God. God had Paul write this to the Colossians to show us that God is active. He's not far off. He's active. Knowing this first, 2 Peter 1, verse 20 and 21, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture He's of any private interpretation, for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. These errors and heresy didn't catch God by surprise. So these scriptures themselves combat the Gnostic heresy. God is active. He moves in the lives of his people. He moves in the lives of his universe. He's sovereign. He's a king. Does whatever he pleases. Notice in our text it says, God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. One commentator said this, God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ is the gospel name of God. The name is founded in the very deity, God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the name under which he has revealed himself to us as the pardoner of sins, he goes on to say, and the savior of sinners. I like that. The pardoner of sins. And it's all in Christ. And the savior of of sinners. Oh, that's 
He so loved sinners. He so loved his elect, his people, that, that he gave to Christ, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Paul is here giving thanks to God as the great pardoner of sins. To every believer in Christ. And it says God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And think of this. For those of us who believe, he's our father by adoption. Turn, if you would, to Ephesians chapter 1. He's our father by adoption. As we read a familiar passage, keep that in mind. This came alive as I was studying this this week. I've read this passage many, many times. But he's our father by adoption. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 3 to 5. Blessed be the God and Father of of our Lord Jesus Christ. Again, the same statement who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, there we see it again, in Christ, according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame. I always marvel at that. Sinners, holy and without blame, only in Christ. Before him in love, Heaven predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself. To himself. According to the good pleasure of his will. That's why he gets all the praise. And that's why he gets all the glory. According to the good pleasure of his will. And Romans says this. I'll read this first. Romans 8.15 For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. We didn't cry that before the Lord said this. Abba, Father. Oh, it's marvelous. So our praise and thanksgiving is to God, our Father. And we give thanks and praise to him in and through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And Paul teaches us by his example that we are to with grateful hearts acknowledge these gifts which God God gives to others. And God has given to us who believe faith, repentance, love for the brethren. And they're all given to those who believe in Christ Jesus. And we'll just look at the latter part of the verse now. We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Look at this. Praying always for you. Paul prayed for other believers often. Often. 
And remember, prayer, you can be driving down the road praying, you can be working at home praying. These folks that have to say, oh, I have to go pray now. I remember doing that when I was in the Vicky, I've got to go pray now. So off I, you know, but it was real pious-like, but it wasn't pious at all. I was so full of self-righteousness that it wasn't funny. But that's how it was. That's how I didn't know grace. But Paul here, he prays for others often. John Trapp said this about this little portion here, and I, I really like this. He said, prayer and thanks are like the double motion of the lungs. Like the double motion of the lungs. The air that is sucked in by prayer is breathed out again by thanks. It's beautiful. So we give thanks for God's people and at the same time we pray for them. Aren't you thankful when you hear someone that the Lord saved someone? I remember hearing, I remember when Jake told me that, that um, um, the Lord saved Brother Tim James's daughter. I don't hardly even know her, but I, we were all rejoicing. You give thanks, don't you? You give him praise. Oh, he's Satan. He's, another one of his sheep has come to the fold. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. So we give thanks for God's people and at the same time we pray for them. And notice too that the Apostle Paul, he loved God's saints. He loved God's people. He loved those who he was personally acquainted with and he also loved those that he had never met. If he heard about God's people, he rejoiced. He rejoiced. And here in our letter to Colossus, He has not seen the saints, but we see Paul giving thanks and praying for them. Ephesians 6.18 says this, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. It's a pattern that Paul continually does. And look at the latter part again. Praying always for you. Notice the unselfishness of Paul's prayer here. The unselfishness of his prayer. Praying always for you. What love he has for the saints of God. He is grateful to God for their love and faith. And he is thankful for them. Praying always for you. One preacher said this, and I'd agree with this. He said, we spend more time in prayer for others than we do ourselves. <laughs> I was talking to Vicky about that last night. And it's true. Think about it. You pray for your family members, your friends, and other people. And oftentimes we pray more for others than we do for ourselves. But oh, oh. We're grateful for our brothers and sisters in Christ. And we pray for them. So let us keep one another in prayer. Pray for me, please. Pray for me. I need prayer. I need prayer. 
Let us keep one another in prayer. And let us keep others we know who are believers in prayer. Let us keep other congregations in prayer and other preachers in prayer. And if a believer has wronged you without a cause, pray for them. Pray for them. Lift them up in prayer. Give thanks to God for them. As an old preacher has often said, you can't be angry at someone you're praying for. (laughs) It's true. I've tried it a few times. It's true. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Praying always for you. Well, next week we'll look at the reasons for Paul giving thanks to God for the saints at Colossus, which will be found in the next verses. Actually, verse 4 and 5. We'll look at that and we'll see why he was thankful. Why he was thankful. I'll see you when it's time.